This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A significant situation. Obviously, there are Canadians uh, in now in Quebec, in Ontario, and in British Columbia. As BC and Canada record more cases today, America's first COVID-19 death prompts our neighbors in Washington to declare a state of emergency. Plus... We were here last night doing the same thing that family was, only their life isn't going to be the same anymore. A two-year-old girl is killed. She and her mother struck by a vehicle while leaving a Squamish grocery store. And It's a third day of talks, which is, uh, it wasn't the original plan. But what certain hereditary chiefs and the government may be close to a resolution. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. An eighth person in BC has now tested positive for COVID 19, bringing the total number of confirmed cases in Canada to 20. This comes as the U.S. records its first death related to the virus just across the border in Washington, where a state of emergency has now been declared. Jill Bennett begins our coverage. BC health officials have confirmed an eighth case of COVID-19 uh, in this province. This is a woman in her 60s who is visiting family here. She's from Tehran, Iran, so this is another exported case from Iran. The woman developed mild symptoms and went to a clinic for testing. Dr. Henry says she is now in self-isolation with other family members and there is no risk to anyone else. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for coming today. South of the border, King County officials also released new information on the spread of the virus Saturday. Three new presumptive cases of COVID-19, including Washington State's first death at this health center. The person who died was a patient at Evergreen Hospital who had underlying health conditions. It was a male in his 50s. The cases in Washington are community transmissions, meaning those infected didn't travel anywhere where they were exposed to the virus, but got it from someone else. And at this point, we're not asking for large-scale you know, um, cancellation of public gatherings. We're asking for personal responsibility. Get informed, don't panic, get prepared. In B.C., four of the eight people who have tested positive for COVID-19 have recovered. Rigorous testing continues. We in British Columbia have tested 1,012 individuals. We test some individuals multiple times, so that's 1,425 tests, which is uh, uh, well over twice as many have been done in the entire United States. Still, with more positive cases and the virus now detected in at least 50 countries, there is concern it could start spreading faster. Dr. Henry is reminding people most cases are mild, and at this point there is no need to take drastic measures. Yes, it is important to make sure you have that emergency kit, make sure you have your medications, but no, I don't think we need to rush out and stockpile and hoard things. We're not at that point, and we wouldn't expect that, even with a pandemic. She says health officials in B.C. have a protocol should a pandemic be declared. On Friday, the World Health Organization increased its risk assessment of COVID-19 to very high at a global level. Jill Bennett, Global News. 
In Ontario, three new cases of COVID-19 were reported today, bringing the total number of people with the virus in that province to 11. Authorities in the York region are trying to track down anyone who may have come in contact with a 34-year-old woman who has tested positive for COVID-19 after returning to Canada from Iran. The patient flew into Pearson International last Wednesday, taking three flights, two with Qatar Airlines, one with Air Canada. She then took a transit bus. There are concerns passengers may have been exposed to the virus. When you have so many exposures, then we've got to jump in very quickly, and time is of the essence, and we have to aggressively identify the contacts and try and put rings around the contacts before they develop any symptoms. A 34-year-old woman in the York region who recently traveled to Iran along with her husband and toddler are self-isolating and two others in the Ajax area. A woman who's 34 in the York region traveled with him, with her toddler. They are in isolation. The U.S. government has issued travel restrictions to certain regions of Italy and South Korea. It is also banning anyone who traveled to Iran recently from entering the U.S. Global Affairs Canada is currently recommending Canadians avoid all non-essential travel to Iran and China. Nearly 60 countries have now reported confirmed cases. At least 85,000 people worldwide have contracted the virus, with known deaths topping 2,900. The community of Squamish is in mourning a day after a little girl was hit and killed in a car crash at a local grocery store parking lot. Nadia Stewart has details on the tragic accident and the outpouring of grief from the heartbroken community. An outpouring of grief in Squamish following an unimaginable tragedy. I'm really hurting for this family right now. I don't know who they are, but um, being a mother of four, including a two-year-old, I think it's um, you know, a pretty hard day, tragic day for them. On Friday evening, police responded to a call in this grocery store parking lot on Garibaldi Way. A two-year-old girl and her mother had been hit by a vehicle. It happened just as they were leaving the store. Both of them were taken to hospital, but the little girl did not survive. They allowed the mom to hold her baby, a little girl, for... The whole night, and the, the most challenging issue was uh, letting her go this morning. The driver is cooperating with police. Investigators are appealing for witnesses as they piece together what happened. We're conducting an investigation right now that's uh, detailed in nature. The integrated collision reconstruction analysts uh, are here, and they will be collaborating with our coroner service and our general investigative team from Squamish. The pain is being felt throughout Squamish. There's something happened in our community that affects us all. The family's pastor, Glenn Davies, says the community is surrounding them with love and prayer. He's asking the same for the driver, who's also a Squamish resident. We as a church, family in particular, are really wanting asking people to pray and, and uh, hold that person up as well because they, um, they're struggling, obviously, with what, what had happened in what is looking like was a, was a complete accident. The city's acting mayor says they are following the investigation. We'll obviously take the, the, any lessons learned from that and apply it to, to, to future developments. Making changes to improve safety in a community gripped by grief. Nadia Stork, Global News. A 29-year-old Port Coquitlam man was killed early this morning after he was struck and killed by a van while cycling on Coast Meridian Overpass at Kingsway Avenue. The driver is cooperating with the investigation. Police do not believe impairment was a factor. 
Day three of intensive talks between northern B.C. hereditary chiefs and government ministers. Negotiations are aimed at ending the protests and blockades over a controversial natural gas pipeline project outside of Houston, B.C. As Sarah McDonald reports from Smithers, the talks are said to be constructive and close to reaching a resolution. Day three of talks between indigenous leaders and government officials still underway in northern BC as all sides work to finalize an agreement on potentially precedent-setting discussions surrounding rights and title. Unless they have a proper discussion with us and how the future can change for this country and be open and honest about it, then we're just going backwards. It's a uh, third day of talks, which is, uh, it wasn't the original plan. Um, there was work going on till the wee hours this morning, uh, and we're all still here. We're working with respect. Uh, that's a good sign, but these are difficult and uh, challenging issues. When you're still talking, this is a very good sign, and uh, you know we hope that, uh, that uh, we remain optimistic. Dialogue between representatives of the federal and provincial governments and some hereditary chiefs of Wet'suwet'en Nation, opposed to a natural gas pipeline project on Indigenous land is said to be productive and substantive so far, involving a substantial number of lawyers at all hours in both B.C. and in Ottawa, as with Soweden leaders look to get an agreement, whatever that looks like, in writing. As for how long these talks could continue, we have heard they are nearing that long-awaited resolution, with the ministers expected to be here in Smithers at least until Sunday at this point, with all sides maintaining that this is the first step in what will likely be a lengthy and ongoing process. Sarah McDonald, Global News, Smithers, B.C. Spanish police are searching for a suspect in the sexual assault of a 17-year-old girl. The incident began on a B.C. transit bus at around 9.30 Thursday night. Police say the suspect followed the girl off the bus at Royal Oak Exchange and began to make unwanted sexual advances, including sexual touching. She was not physically hurt. The suspect is described as about 30 years old, clean-shaven, with a dark complexion and black hair. He's 5 feet 7 inches tall and was wearing skinny jeans. The man spoke with an accent, and English may not be his first language. A Surrey man has been sentenced to 18 years in prison for killing a Vancouver senior. Police found the body of 87-year-old Elizabeth Poulain inside her apartment at Kingsway and Kerr Street in November of 2018. 23-year-old Nicholas Dwayne Wallace was arrested two days later in Surrey. He was charged with second-degree murder in Poulain's death, but pleaded guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter. With credit for time already served, Wallace will spend just over 16 years in prison. A prominent B.C. Liberal MLA announced today he is not seeking re-election. Rich Coleman has been an MLA for 24 years and currently represents the riding of Langley East. He's held a number of cabinet positions in past Liberal governments. But it's his tenure as public safety minister and solicitor general that's prompted criticism that the B.C. Liberals did not do enough to address money laundering. Coleman will continue to represent his riding until the next election set for 2021. A major, major search today for any sign of a Maple Ridge woman who has been missing for more than a week now. Atifa Jadadian's vehicle has been found, but as Paul Johnson reports, distraught friends and family still haven't heard from the 40-year-old. Making their search plans Saturday in Maple Ridge, then fanning out along the roadsides and into the wooded areas in the vicinity where Atafa Jadidian was last seen. The determination of those who love and care about her is unmistakable. She's here somewhere in this city. We need your help. We need your help. Please help us to find her. 
Jadidian is a 40-year-old pharmacist from Maple Ridge, last seen leaving her work February 19th. This surveillance camera captured one of the last images of her before she disappeared. Her car has since been found in the area, but no sign of the woman of Iranian origin, who friends say had been depressed. She's a very wise person. She's mature, actually. This weekend, Ridge Meadows RCMP made an appeal to people living on Dudney Trunk Road between 248th and 270th Street. If you have a home surveillance camera, please check it for any clues about Jadidian. And check your properties for anything out of place. And then there was help Saturday in the form of this. Video drone operators showed up to assist in the search, using the drones to peer into places difficult to reach on foot. It looks like, I don't know what it looks like. Because we found her call last week here in that area, we are assuming she should be around here. Jadidian is known as an intelligent and driven person. Friends say she had a PhD in pharmacology and is the kind of person who is instantly likable. I'm going that side. Her friend Mina had to overcome her grief to tell us about the search Saturday. If there is an angel from the heaven, she's one of them. I think everybody in the city loves her, whoever even met her for five minutes. Paul Johnson, Global News. The B.C. Conservation Officer Service is warning pet owners after a dog was killed and at least three other pets were injured in coyote attacks in the Fraser Valley. One small dog was fatally attacked on its own property and another snatched by a coyote in its yard. Now, the owner managed to pull her dog away from the animal's grip. Another coyote grabbed at a cat while another growled and chased a cyclist. Coyotes may be aggressive with dogs during mating season, but there have been also several reports of coyotes exhibiting threatening behavior in urban areas, which is not normal. First Victoria, now conservation officers on northern Vancouver Island are issuing a wolf warning. Recent wolf activity has been reported in Port Renfrew near the San Juan River. The public is urged to keep dogs leashed in the area. If you see a wolf, do not approach it. Instead, back away and be as assertive be assertive if it follows you. Vancouver car share users will have one less option overnight tonight. Starting at midnight, maintenance will knock Evo's fleet offline until midday Sunday. Evo says it's updating the app this weekend and cars will be unavailable from midnight Saturday until noon Sunday. The company says it's usually their least busy time but is apologizing for the inconvenience. Some users reported problems with the app last night. Evo says it was experiencing the same issue and will try to fix it overnight. Sneakerheads, as they are known, gathered at the Vancouver Conven Convention Center today for SneakerCon. Hundreds of people, mostly young men, turned out to trade and shop for of all, all kinds of kicks. Yep, that's right. A perennial favorite, Nike's Air Jordan 1, first launched in 1985 by basketball legend Michael Jordan. There's also some sneakers too, like the auto-lacing Nike mags that from the movie Back to the Future, they self-lace. And those go for around 50 to 100 grand, depending on the size. 
Wow. Dozens of people spent their Friday night lined up in the rain in Gastown, all in anticipation of some new kicks. But not just any old sneakers. The release of Travis Scott Nike SB Dunk Shoes. Some of these folks are investors. You see, the shoes are selling for a couple of hundred dollars. But on resale sites, the coveted footwear can go for as much as a couple of thousand dollars. Something I'm not, I don't want to pay resale on because it's going to sell for a lot of money. And I don't want to spend a lot of money to get shoes I like. So, you know, if I have a chance to get them on retail. In Winnipeg, three people were rushed to hospital with serious injuries after they were attacked by a pack of dogs. Global's Amber Magookin has more. That's the blood from the dogs. When Devin Wozniak heard the barking and screaming coming from outside his motel room, he sprang into action. Saw this guy getting like ripped apart by these dogs. So I jumped in my car and I tried to run over like one of them and then split them up. And then, uh, like, I took my bat, it's an ice fish bat, and uh, started swinging, hitting these dogs, like, full force, no reaction. Wozniak rescued one of the men using his car and waited for first responders to arrive. Winnipeg police were called to the Capri Motel on Pemina Highway early Saturday morning after three pitbull mastiff-looking dogs turned on a group of adults. These were violent dogs. They, they might have been violent for a long time, but something triggered uh, the, the attack last night. There's still blood splattered all over the motel parking lot where at least two men sustained life-altering injuries. Witnesses tell me the dogs were jumping on the victims, attacking them, biting them, and dragging them. One guy got up and he was like limping severely. Um, another guy was screaming and crying. Two women were like hysterical. 13 police units were called to the scene, including two canine units. Two of the dogs were found by police and put down. The third adult dog and a puppy were hit by a car on Pemina. They're now in the care of animal services. Uh, the one adult is, uh, you know, very scared uh, in the cage. Uh, the puppy is acting like a puppy, right? I'm not sure if that puppy would have been involved in something like this. Um, it's very young. Um, but it's obviously a very sad scene, you know. Um, of all the dogs that we have, including the deceased dogs, none appeared to be spayed or neutered. None appeared to be licensed. There is a pit bull ban in Winnipeg that came into effect in 1990. Right now, Animal Services is looking to confirm whether the dogs are pit bulls. Police say the owner of the four dogs in this case could be facing bylaw and criminal charges. Amber Magookin, Global News. Thirteen Canadians who work with an Alberta-based humanitarian organization are among 15 people detained in Ethiopia. The group Canadian Humanitarian says 10 Canadian volunteers, three Canadians on staff and two Ethiopian staff members are in custody in the African nation. They're accused of practicing medicine without permission and of dispensing expired medication. The charity disputes those allegations, saying they're providing essential medical care. Canadian Humanitarian says they're working with Global Affairs Canada and the Canadian Embassy in Ethiopia to resolve the issue. The U.S. has signed a peace deal with the Taliban aimed at ending the war in Afghanistan, America's longest-running war. The U.S. and its NATO allies went into Afghanistan in 2001 in the wake of the 9-11 terror attacks. Today's historic agreement was signed by chief negotiators from the Taliban, Afghanistan's government, and the U.S. 
under the new peace deal, America will withdraw all of its forces over the next 14 months, but it depends on the Taliban meeting its commitments to prevent terrorism, renounce al-Qaeda, and stop any group from using Afghan soil to plot attacks on the U.S. or its allies. Today is a historic day for the United States of America and the American people. Today we have taken a decisive step toward peace, real peace in Afghanistan, to the Afghan people. This is your moment. Wars have tortured your country since 1979. No more violence. No more chaos. The war in Afghanistan was Canada's longest-running war, too. The last 84 Canadian soldiers left the country in March of 2014, ending Canada's 12-year military presence in Afghanistan. Another flood of refugees and migrants from Syria is headed towards Europe. Turkey, already hosting millions of Syrian refugees, has now relaxed border controls, saying the refugees are now the world's problem. Greek police fired tear gas at groups of migrants throwing stones on its border with Turkey today. Thousands of refugees gathered trying to cross. Nearly a million refugees and migrants crossed from Turkey to Greece's islands in 2015, setting off a crisis over immigration in Europe. A blizzard of sea foam today struck the shore as Storm Jorge hit the west coast of Ireland. Have a look at this. Video shows a person laughing as a blizzard of sea foam rolls in on the beach. The National Meteorological Service for the UK has issued weather warnings for heavy rain, snow and strong wind gusts of up to 112 kilometers an hour for parts of the UK. Jorge is expected to bring strong winds and rain to the northwest of Spain over the weekend as well. Luxembourg is the first country in the world to abolish fares for all public transit. The government says it's a bid to tackle road congestion, pollution and to support low earners. Thousands of workers commute to the tiny country from neighboring countries, causing heavy traffic jams as the majority of workers commute by car. To cope with the many commuters, Luxembourg plans to invest in railways, upgrade the bus network and add more park and ride sites on the border. It's expected that 65% of commuters will still get to work by car in 2025, but that's down from 73% in 2017. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and his girlfriend Carrie Simons are engaged and expecting a baby. The announcement means Johnson will be the first British Prime Minister to marry in 250 years. Simons wrote that they became engaged last year. This will be Johnson's third marriage. He has four children from a previous marriage with Marina Wheeler. In Health Matters tonight, pregnant women may want to eat more fruit. A 2016 Canadian study found that children performed better cognitively if their mothers ate more fruit during pregnancy. But University of Alberta scientists decided to confirm the connection by testing it on animals. They fed pregnant rats orange and tomato juice and noticed their offspring's memory was significantly better. I think everybody is looking for a way to give their kids the, the best start in life and this seems like uh, one of the possible ways that you can actually help give your child the best start. The previous human study showed babies with the best memory skills were from mothers who ate at least seven servings of fruit per day. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why, for one Metro Vancouver family, today is a day to truly celebrate, sharing more than just the same day. We're going to have that story for you right after Yvonne's forecast. And it was a lovely day today. Yeah, it was a great start to the weekend. We had plenty of sunshine. Uh, we had some nice breaks out there. It's still windy, though, if you're heading out this evening. And it is going to be cool with the clear skies that we're seeing. Most temperatures will be close to or hovering the freezing mark for the overnight low. Here's a glance at the tower count and what it looks like. Temperatures are sitting at 6. The high today was up to 9 degrees. Average sits at 8. The winds, though, still very breezy. Sustained out of the airport westerly right now at 26 six kilometers per hour. A quick snapshot at the month of February. These are some of the numbers. Uh, total precipitation out of the airport. We actually had four days in a row that were dry. The average sits at about 104.6 millimeters. The total for us, we were at 91, so we we're close to. If you're wondering, the driest on record would be 11.4 millimeters back in 1993. And the wettest on record, 277 millimeters. That was all the way back in 1961. So that's a quick glance of what we've seen for February. All right, lots of birthdays are an important one today with Leap Year. A quick explanation as to why we're sort of synchronizing our calendar uh, for a number of reasons. Our calendar year typically is 365 days. We've got a rotation in a day. And roughly as the Earth orbits the sun, it's about 365.25 days. A little bit of math is involved with that. So we need to make up those days. And the reason being, we've got the 0.25 days. So every four years, we try and make up that extra year. We're not exactly mathematically there, but it gets us pretty close. Uh, so I want to wish everybody celebrating today on a leap year a very happy birthday. It's an exciting day. All right, back to the forecast and what we are looking at. We have a bit of a break in the action for tomorrow. It has been mild. We even got into the double digits today for Victoria, areas near Soyuz. Central interior, though, still chilly and the snow is easing off, especially if you're traveling through the mountain pass. It'll be a much calmer day for tomorrow. Zooming on out, this is a nice break that we're anticipating. A bit of a ridge is going to start to build in across the province. This next weather maker is going to push its way towards the south, and we are going to see the return for some wet weather. Now, the timeline, especially for the north and central coast, the rain does start to move in. It'll be by the afternoon that it really does start to pick up central interior with snowfall two and up to four centimeters and then late by the evening hours for metro vancouver we are going to see some rain developing heavier at times overnight and a soggy start as we kick things off for back to work and school on monday the piece will start to see an increase in cloud cover flurries popping up for the afternoon gusty winds at times up to 40 kilometers per hour white horse will see snow developing as early as the overnight and then continuing through the day gusty at times up to 50 it'll start off as snow changing over to rain along the 
coast. Snowfall inland anywhere between 5 and up to 10 centimeters. Most areas for the Caribou and Central Interior, the snow developing for the afternoon and 2 and up to 4 centimeters. Columbia and Kootenai, a little bit of a break. We will see temperatures even warming up to 8 and most areas near the Thompson Okanagan. It's really overnight and in towards Monday that some rain does start to develop. Whistler changing over to, flurries changing over to showers and the rain moving in across the island. Northern and central half will be for the afternoon. Metro Vancouver a heads up. By tomorrow night we are going to see some rain moving in. It's going to be soggy into early next week but a nice dry start for the morning by the afternoon. Colleen tomorrow temperatures up to 7. Okay. Pretending I don't see all. Yeah, this just uh, let me just rain. focus on this day. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Okay, they say age is just a number, and that is especially true today. February 29th only happens once every four years, cutting leap year babies' ages by a fourth. As Kristen Robinson reports, one Metro Vancouver family has more than one quadrennial birthday celebration today. The numbers match just all lined up this year. It's interesting. Yeah. I get to turn 12 with all my family members. <laughs> Janelle Bellafay celebrating a big leap year birthday. I'll be, oh, I am three. You're three? Yep, in leap years. Her real age matching up with her mother and uncle's ages in leap years. I'm going to be 12. I am 12. 12. Yeah. You don't look 12. Yes, I'm young at heart. Well, being twins and uh, having a daughter born on the same day is pretty unique. The chances of this happening, uh, again, it's very rare. Sometimes it's dangerous. As an extreme pet photographer, Jason Humber has experienced many extraordinary situations. I can't take a picture when you're that close. But his family only comes this close every four years, when February 29th is added to the calendar. The special day making up for the extra hours it takes the Earth to orbit the sun beyond the 365 days in a calendar year. I like to celebrate both days. Growing up, not always easy. And I'd be like, hey, my birthday's coming up. And they're like, no, it's not. I said, did you get me anything for my birthday? He's like, no, you don't have another birthday for like four years. Now the trio representing three of an estimated 5.3 million leap year babies worldwide feels incredibly lucky to be leaplings. She's turning 12 and leap year, we're going to be 12. So it's, it's not going to happen again. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Hockey, hockey, hockey. We're going to start with that and work our way to other sports. Okay. <laughs> We're more than just hockey here. Uh, Pauline, uh, the Canucks have a busy weekend. Tonight in Toronto, tomorrow in Columbus. Two winnable games, but the Leafs are having a good week with road wins in Florida and Tampa. Canucks needing a much better effort from Thatcher Demko tonight, who is the last line of defense for the next couple of weeks with Jacob Markstrom out with a knee injury. So the spotlight on Demko... How would he respond? Well, not that well early on. Just three minutes in, Frederick Gauthier with the shot that gets through Demko right under the arm. Ooh, those aren't the ones you like to let in. Not a confident look from the 24-year-old. one nothing least, but the Canucks do even it up on their first shot of the game. The fourth line producing Jay Beagle and Brandon Sutter combined to set up Tyler Mott, who's always noticeable when he plays. His fourth made it 1-1, but a minute later, ooh, Austin Matthews from a bad angle. 45th for Matthews. That can't go in. Travis Green perhaps contemplating a goalie change, but Demko stays in. Again, though, the Canucks tie it. Bo Horvat shot blocked, but Tanner Pearson fighting for the rebound. Great effort there, his 19th. It's 2-2 
after one. Second period, Leaf goalie Freddie Anderson. What a pass. A hundred footer to spring William Nylander, but Demko solid pad save. Settling in a bit. Remains 2-2. Late second, Jake Bertan has got a great shot. Beats Anderson right off the post. Remains 2-2. But first shift of the third, Leafs regain the lead. Defenseman Martin Marinson off the post, cashes his own rebound. That's an unlikely source goal for the Leafs. 3-2, it's now 4-2 Toronto very late in the third. Looks like the Canucks are going to lose. Flames and Lightning. Calgary starting the day in the first wild card spot, just a point behind the Canucks. Tampa on a four-game losing streak after they'd won 11 in a row, determined to end that losing skid. Yanni Gord shorthanded me at 3-0. Flames got two quick ones, though, including this one by Elias Lindholm to make it 3-2. Andre Vasilevsky wants that one back, but Lightning restored the two-goal lead. What a move by Alex Kalorn. He's got 24. Pretty good numbers. 4-2 Lightning after two. Late third, Flames with the extra attacker and on the power play, Sean Monahan fires it in to make it 4-3, but that's as close as they got as the Flames fall in Tampa 4-3. Avalanche and Predators, Nashville making a charge in the West. Three straight wins now in the second wildcard spot, but the Avalanche doing everyone a favor tonight. Tyson Jost sets up Martin Cott, fires it home to give the Avalanche a 2-0 lead, and they have won it 3-2, so costly loss for Nashville. All right, let's go to Saskatoon, Canada West Hockey Finals, UBC Thunderbirds and Saskatchewan Huskies in Game 2 tonight of the best of three. Huskies won the opener 3-2 last night. First period, former Vancouver Giant Jared Dimitri with the rush. Carson Stadnick will finish it off, beats Ryland Toth, 1-0 Saskatchewan, and then later on another odd man rush, Levi Cable finds net. 2-0 at that point, 3-0 right now, Saskatchewan after two. The Whitecaps kick off their 10th MLS season tonight at BC Place. After finishing last a year ago, the Whitecaps have made numerous changes in the front office and on the field. This is the time of year for optimism, but after a positive preseason, these Whitecaps really feel they are a vastly improved club, and they plan to show their fans tonight in the opener against Sporting Kansas City. We want to you know, make sure that they know that we're here to win. It's the first impression, the first two minutes you know, of the game, we want to come out flying. You know, we want to come out aggressive, competitive, and, we're, you know, and then we want them to know that we're going to fight to the very end to get three points. It's been a long offseason, but it's been a good offseason. You know, a lot of hard work, um, a lot of tactic work. Um, yeah, just every guy's really locked in, tuned in. So, yeah, we're excited to be here now. All three Canadian teams in action on this MLS opening day. Thierry Henry, the new head coach with the Montreal Impact. They're hosting New England. Montreal down 1-0 first half, but off the corner kick. They equalize. Romel Kyoto heads it in, and it's 1-1. Stays that way until the 80th. Max Arudi, the former Portland Timber with the game winner. Cheeky little lob over the keeper, and Tiari Henry wins his MLS debut as the impact take it 2-1. Toronto FC opening on the road in San Jose. TFC, of course, won the East last year, lost in the championship to Seattle. Off to a good start here. Alejandro Pozuelo with the through ball. One save, but Richie Larea Pounces on the rebound, 2-0 UFC, or TFC at least, but San Jose rally down 2-1 in stoppage time. Oswaldo Alanis scoring at the death. That's a fantastic free kick to the corner as TFC and San Jose finish 2-2. And we've got EPL, first place Liverpool, likely just a few weeks away from clinching the championship. 26 wins, one draw through 27 league matches. But 19th place Watford had upset on their mind. Scoreless in the second half when Ismaila Sar will give Watford a 1-0 lead. 
And just six minutes later, Saar sprung in alone, and he will chip it in for his second of the day. Watford added another, and it's a stunner. Liverpool's first defeat of the season snaps their unbeaten streak at 44 EPL matches dating back to last year. 3-0 Watford with the shocking win. We have another new tennis star quickly rising up the ranks. Once again, it's a teenager. 17-year-old Layla Annie Fernandez of Montreal is giving Canadian female tennis fans a new hope with Bianca Andreescu on the sidelines with a knee injury going on four months now. Layla Annie has had quite the week in Acapulco, making it through two rounds of qualifying and then winning four straight matches to make it to the championship match today. Her first WTA final ever is against Great Britain's Heather Watson. Fernandez taking on Watson has won the 2019 French junior title, so she has had success in the past. Got off to a bit of a slow start, was broken on her first service game and also on her second as well as Watson puts away the smash. Watson world ranked 55th, 10 years older at age 27. So it was four love in the opening set, but the Montreal teen fought back as uh, she'll show a lot of fighting spirit this week. Hits the winner there. Did lose the first set 6-4. Second set, Fernandez down a break again, but one more time, she will fight back. Delivers the winner down the line. And got that break, evens the set at two. Now, talk about fighting. Second set went to a tie break. She faced four match points, fought all of them off. This is the fifth match point. She hits the winner there, ended up winning the set uh, in a tie break 7-6, but is now down 5-1 in the third. So it looks like she's going to lose, but great fighting spirit for her. For a girls' high school basketball final, top seed and defending champ, Semiamu in white taking on the second seed, Port Quitlam's Terry Fox in black. Semiamu has been blowing out teams and a strong start. Deja Lee with the drive gets it to go. Sammy, uh, Semiamu built up a 10-point lead. Ravens trying to stay close. Nice pass inside to Anna Maria Misik for the layup. But the totems, they are relentless. Emily Wubbs will hit the jumper 66-28. Totems at the half, and they are a juggernaut. Third quarter, great pass inside to Izzy Forsyth, and this has just gone final. 114-62 as Semiamu repeats as champion. Straw one of the Briar from Kingston. Defending champ Kevin Cooey looking for a fifth title, taking on Ontario. Needing to draw against four, or three stones at least, and he does. Ties it at three in the tenth. He's down one, needs a very tough shot to score two. Needs the triple. He's made a lot of circus shots in his career, but not this time. It's a steal of one, and Ontario's John Epping wins at 5-3. BC's Jim Cotter won his opener 6-4 over the Northwest Territories. Third round of the Honda Classic from PGA National in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Grayson Murray on the par 3, 17th, 151 yards. Pitching wedge in for the ace. Murray at plus one, just six off the lead, so still in contention. Englishman Tommy Fleetwood still looking for his first tour victory. This will help. 48-footer goes. He's the leader at five under. Canadian Mackenzie Hughes had the low round of the day. 466 moved all the way into eighth, so he's just four back at one under. Cancer is relentless, but for every patient, every chemo appointment, every radiation treatment, BC Cancer is there to change the outcome. With your help, BC Cancer won't stop until it's done. Donate today at bccancerfoundation.com. Here's a look at your snow report for tonight. 18 new centimeters for Whistler Blackcomb. 
20 new centimeters for both grouse and cypress and sasquatch 16. 23 new centimeters for manning park revelstoke 10 and 16 new centimeters for kicking horse 12 new centimeters for Big White, 3 for Silver Star and Sun Peaks, and 11 new centimeters for Apex. 7 new centimeters for Mount Washington, and 1 new centimeter for both Whitewater and Red Mountain. Powder King, a base of 367. The BC Girls Provincial Basketball Championships wrapped up this weekend, and you can bet the Terry Fox Ravens played their hearts out. You see, Tim member Karen Kwong is battling stage four cancer. But as Jay Janauer reports, it's not stopping her. She is just one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. And she's someone people naturally want to be around. So having her as our kind of brings our whole team together. She makes our team complete. So it's been like really hard. And like for her, like staying positive, it helps us to stay positive and like Seeing her smile every day just makes us think that she's going to get through this and that just the positivity is just the best part of it and stuff. Imagine being 15 years old and being told you have cancer for a second time. That's Karen Kong's reality. 18 months ago, Karen was first diagnosed with an extremely rare form of soft tissue cancer. It ravaged her body and robbed Karen of what she treasures the most court time with her best friends. Has the friendship become deeper, more meaningful with what you've gone through wise with your fight with cancer? Yeah, we were all so close before, but we've, I feel like as a team we've gotten even closer and like has such a great bond and this year has like meant even more than like all the past few years. Terry Fox! 38 years after Terry Fox passed away, his inspiration lives on and powers another Port Coquitlam native. Six months of chemo, a stem cell transplant, and the constant support of her 2K strong teammates helped Karen win her initial battle against cancer. Last month, it returned, and once again, Karen is fighting for her life. Now with a recurrence, it's still considered a stage four cancer. You know, the prognosis isn't great, and she knows that. Um, but again, there's always hope, and we're hoping for a miracle, and, and we kind of stay positive with her. And I think just kind of encouraging her through that, especially when she's gone through such a difficult time the first time and feeling like she's, she's cured it, and then having it come back has been fairly traumatic for her. I think she's having a hard time trying to, trying to find hope because... Because it's come back, it is a lot harder to treat, and because her cancer is rare, the prognosis usually isn't that great. And, um, and then I think she's had to hear, like, her treatment is considered palliative. And um, we've been talking with Canuck Place. So, you know, hearing all those words, it's, it's really hard. No child should have to go through what Karen continues to face, but this right here, alongside those who love her the most, is the one place where life isn't hard for Karen. And of all the bucket list items she has on her list, it's going to be hard to top this. Just being on the court is just like such an amazing experience. Like playing with my team when I played back in December, that was like one of the highlights of the year, getting back on the court, playing with everyone. When you hear that C word, it's pretty scary. What's your message for, for, for anyone else who's, who's dealing with cancer? Probably keep your head up and like even though you're going through this like go out and do like the normal things you would usually do because that like truly does make like the year go by faster. Staying in bed or staying at home like go to school go do sports like do everything you like to do. 
We are rooting for you, Karen. The power of team, you know, that is nice to have all that support. Absolutely. And you said that um, Terry Fox. Yeah, we did have the highlights. They did lose to a Semiamo. Very good team. But you know what? A lot of things in this life are a lot bigger than the Does final score. not <laughs> yes. matter at all. Really quick look at weather. Uh, we are going to see a dry start for Sunday. It's just as we approach the evening, some rain does start to move in. So get out and enjoy the day. A fair bit of cloud cover for tomorrow and then quite soggy leading into early next week. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Jordan will be here at 11 o'clock. Have a good night.